There is one piece of advice that I wish I had truly embodied and repeated to myself every single day because it could have saved me from so much heartache and so much pain. And this one thing that by doing, I have become 10 times more resilient. And in this episode, that's what I want to talk about. Assalamu alaikum and welcome to the Resilient Muslima podcast. Join me, Mariam Aslam, as we explore practical ways to merge personal development, the science of the mind, and Islamic principles to become our most resilient and confident selves. Now, let's get started with today's episode. A few months ago, I found my best friend. That friend that we all look for and we all need. The friend who's there for you no matter what. They always have your back. They keep their word to you. They support you in all your goals. They celebrate all your achievements and they're available for you whenever you need a friend. They're always there, even without you having to ask them. They cry with you when you're having a tough day. They listen to you when you need someone to talk to. They're just overall awesome. And I found that friend and it took me 27 long years to find her, even though she was there the entire time. And guess who that friend was or is? It's me, myself. I am my own best friend. And I know that sounds a little bit cheesy or for some people it might it may even sound obvious and to some people it may even sound crazy. And I'm not saying this to say that you don't need any other friends. In fact, I think we all need a few really, really good friends. But your absolute best friend should always be yourself. That's the one person that will never leave your side. And it's the only person you enter this world with and leave this world with. I mean, you enter the world maybe with a twin for some people. But you don't leave the world with the twin. At least I hope you don't. Anyways, the point is, you are the only person who will be with yourself forever. Till the end of time. From the beginning of time till the end of time. And sometimes it's important to talk about yourself as a third person. Because we need to be able to differentiate it so we can identify how we are speaking to ourselves. And for some of us, when we talk to ourselves, we're actually the enemy. Like, we're actually enemies of ourselves. And we tell ourselves all sorts of things like, you're so ugly, you're so fat, you're a failure, you're not good enough, you're always crying, no one will ever love you. We're so mean to ourselves. And for so many of us, that is our default. And there are actually a lot of reasons for this. I'm going to mention two of them. So one of those reasons is our upbringing and past experiences. So if someone grew up in an environment where they were frequently criticized or not even given positive reinforcement, they might internalize these attitudes and then reflect them in their own self-talk and then another reason for this is that the brain is actually trying to protect you it's trying to tell you all these things beforehand so if someone else were to come in the future and actually say these things to you then you've already been through it in your own brain and so it's similar to how we try to predict the future and then we feel the emotions of the future before anything even happens it's like we're forecasting it it's like um for example Let's say we're not doing so well in our job and our manager came and told us that, hey, you know, um, there's been some talk that you haven't been doing the best and so you really need to start improving. In our brain, we're already trying to forecast the future. We're like, oh my gosh, we're going to get fired. This is what's going to happen. How am I going to find another job? What am I going to do? And we're already feeling all those emotions when in reality, we have not been fired. We've just been told that we need to improve. And so we can take action to actually improve ourselves as opposed to just playing all these possible scenarios in our brain that might not even happen. And so that's kind of what the brain is trying to do with negative self-talk is that it's trying to say these things to yourself. And so when it happens, or if it even happens, which it probably will never happen, but your brain thinks it might. And so if it ever does, you've already felt the emotions, you've already kind of protected yourself in that sense. And that's the crazy part, right? Because 
the way we protect ourselves from pain is by causing ourselves pain. And that is so insane, but that is just how the brain works. And so even though for some of us, self-talk has been programmed into us from childhood, it can definitely change. And there's a concept in neuroscience called neuroplasticity. And neuroplasticity is made up of two words, neuro and plasticity. So neuro, which refers to neurons, the nerve cells in our brain, and then plasticity, which means the ability to be shaped or molded. And so the word neuroplasticity describes how the connections between the neurons in our brain can change, grow, and reorganize themselves. So in simple terms, neuroplasticity is basically the science of your brain changing. It's adapting to the new things that you learn and your new skills that you practice. Your frame, your, your brain actually forms new connections between neurons and it's like reshaping or molding your brain's network. And so our brains are not fixed. They are actually changeable. And it's always changing, actually. Your brain is always changing. It's always adapting. Kind of like how plastic can be molded into different shapes. Very similar to that. And so the point is that we can change our brains. We can change our self-talk. And how is that? So now I'm going to go into the one advice that I actually wish I had gotten. Or I had gotten it. I just never really took it into full account. I never really understood it properly. And so it just caused me a lot of pain. And I want to be able to help all of you avoid that early on. And so that one piece of advice is engaging in self-love. Self-love is the, is the advice I wish I had impl- implemented much, much earlier in my life. Because I had always been so hard on myself and I always put other people in place of myself and I wanted other people to accept me. So anytime someone wouldn't accept me, I would actually change myself. I would mold myself into what they wanted. And the, the time that I noticed this the most is after I got married. I changed myself so much to the point that I legitimately did not recognize myself. And my close friends, my family, they didn't recognize me either. And in some ways, it was for the better because there were so many things that I improved about myself. But in, a, in some other ways, there were, there were things that I changed about myself that came from insecurities and a lack of self-love. And it's really sad because I've actually seen this very prevalent in a lot of women. It's not just Muslim women. I think it's in, in a lot of women. We just... We're always craving validation from other people, especially from the opposite gender. We, whether that be our dad, our brothers, our husband, or even our sons, we just want validation. We want other people to validate. We want other females to validate too, like the cooler, popular girls. We want them to vol- validate us. We want the smart girls to validate us. We just are always looking for external validation. We want to be told that we're awesome, that we're beautiful, that we're smart. Even though we probably have so much proof to already tell ourselves that, we need someone else to tell us that. And the problem with that is inconsistency and unreliability. Because think about it. If we entrust our entire self-worth to someone besides ourselves, then we are signing up for uncertainty and disappointment, right? Because no matter how much someone tells you that they, they love you, they deep down, they care more about themselves. It is within a insan's fitra to care more about themselves, right? Nafsi, nafsi, myself, myself. And even us, even though we have so much negative self-talk, even us as women, we, we deep down, we have the desire to protect ourselves first. Now, the place where this doesn't apply is for a mother, right? Because when a mother has a child, when she becomes a mother, she legitimately cares more for the child than she does for herself. She may even love the child more than the child loves themselves. But again, we can't place our self-worth even in our mother because mothers leave too, right? My mom 
Allah yirhamha, she passed away and I had actually placed a lot of my self-worth within her because she was always there validating me, always telling me how beautiful I am, always telling me how smart I am, how amazing I am, how like I'm a full package, like I have everything, I'm amazing and any guy who marries me is going to be so lucky because I'm awesome. And she just kept telling me this stuff and she, she was my cheerleader, she was my best friend and she she only wanted the best for me. And of course, she, you know, criticized me too. She told me you have to work on this. It's not like she was just rainbows and daisies always just telling me what's perfect. But for the most part, you know, she was my cheerleader. She was always there cheering me on. And so all the qualities that I was mentioning earlier about what to have in a friend, which you should have in yourself, my mom was actually all of them. But I lost her, right? I lost her when I was 25 and she's never coming back and so if since because i attached so much of my self-worth to her i lost a lot of it when she passed away and i don't know if that is why i changed so much after i after i got married but i think regardless i think women change a lot when they get married because they have this man who's validating them and they start to mold themselves into a husband and i actually learned this from a mentor of mine they were saying that women they have this tendency that they will become like the man like their husband. So if the husband says, we're going to sleep early, the woman will tend to start sleeping early. If the woman, if the husband says, we're going to start cooking everything at home, we're not going to eat out, the woman will start to adapt to that, like not eating out. If the, the husband is like, I'm not into dessert, the woman will start to adapt to that and she will also not start to be into dessert. Those are just like very small um, examples. But again, it's like, the woman will start to mold herself into her husband. Her interests will change. Everything will start to change about her because her husband is a certain way. And that should not be the case. Yes, in some areas, if the husband is recommending something that's better, like sleeping early, then that should definitely be something that you start to work on. But again, it shouldn't be because someone is telling you to do that. You should do it because of the fact that you want to and you know it's good for you. So all that to say that the only person that you legitimately should only you should place your self-worth upon is yourself your validation should only come from yourself because the only person you can ever lose is yourself and of course allah subhanahu wa ta'ala which we will talk about in a little bit but when it comes to becoming your own source of peace that can never be taken away right if you are your own peace then that can't be taken away but if your peace is someone else if your peace is something else then that can easily be taken away so Let's talk about this. How do we do this? How do we incorporate self-love? Because it sounds awesome, but how do we do it? So I'll share the two steps that I personally took and I'm still taking. You know, this is a, a journey that we all have to go on, but I feel like I have come on the other side much more than I ever have in my entire life. And so that's why I'm recording this and I want to talk about this is because I went through a lot in order to get here. And so I really want to talk about it. So maybe people can get to it before they, you know, life forces them to it. So the two steps, the very first thing to do is to answer this question. What are your thoughts on being alone for two weeks with no contact with anyone? Let me repeat that. What are your thoughts on being alone for two weeks with no contact with anyone? If that thought scares you or makes you feel uncomfortable like it did for me for a few months ago, then your self-love, it needs to be worked on. Because the number one step that I took for self-love was learning to be okay with being alone. Being okay with just my company and only depending on myself. Validating myself, pushing myself, loving myself so much that I legitimately do not need someone else to love me. And it sounds selfish and it sounds unreal like how can you not need someone else to love you how can you be you know someone who only cares about themselves how can you spend two weeks all by yourself with nobody else but 
in reality, it's actually really healthy. And we have to be able to be fully independent, be able to care completely for ourselves. And that's the only way we will thrive and reach true peace. Because then think about it, no matter what happens in life, we will always have internal peace because we have ourselves. We can't lose something we're not attached to, right? If if we lose, let's say, for example, a loved one, where if we're not attached to them to the sense that we depend, everything's dependent on them, then them leaving will just be, it will be sad, obviously. No one's saying that you won't have emotions, you won't be sad about it, but it won't be the end of you. And so imagine if you had the best kind of support 24-7. Imagine if you had someone who loved you unconditionally by your side 24-7. Imagine if you always had someone to hang out with. Imagine if you legitimately needed no one but yourself. And once you get to this point, I'm telling you, it becomes beautiful. Life becomes amazing. And I can't tell you how much my life changed in the past few months when I finally fully embraced being alone. And I hit the point where I was actually forcefully completely alone. I was so uncomfortable at the time and I was so scared and I'm, I'm, I still have days where I'm still, it's still difficult. But for the most part, it is much better than always being dependent upon someone. And so I was at the time so uncomfortable and I was so scared and I felt like I had no one and I felt like I could only rely on myself. And I had to learn this the hard way and it was it was forced to growth, but it was so worth it and I make sugar for it now. I'm so thankful for it now, even though at the in the moment it was so difficult. And I feel like, you know, life will keep throwing difficulties at us. But if we look at it from okay, what is this trying to teach me? What am I going to learn from this? How am I going to come out stronger? Then that perspective in and of itself changes everything. And I'm not saying that I lost everyone. Like I lost my friends. I lost my family. That's not what I mean by like I was forced to be alone. I think it's just all women. We all hit this point where we realize that truly the needs that we have emotionally, we need to fulfill them ourselves because there's only so much that other people can do for us it truly does come from within. And so I felt lonely in the sense that I felt like I had no one who understood me because at the end of the day, I wasn't understanding myself. I wasn't taking care of myself and I was just blaming externally. But the reality is that we need to take care of ourselves. We need to care about ourselves first and foremost. And so I wanted to share this because we can definitely learn self-love before life has to teach it to us. And so number one step to self-love is being okay with being alone. And now I'm going to make this even better for you because guess what? As Muslims, we're actually never alone. So we don't even have to actually be okay with being alone. Physically, yes, we do because physically we are alone. But we spiritually are never alone because we always have Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the journey of self-love is also the journey of loving Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when we start to detach ourselves from everything and we don't depend on anything external, then we start to attach ourselves to our creator. And when we stop relying on others for validation and peace, we start to rely on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we rely only and solely on our creator. And so when I've been alone, I feel like that is when I have been I have felt the closest to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When I relied on no one else and I relied only on him, that's when I felt that all my reliance was on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that's when I felt the most peace. And Allah says in the Quran, in Surah Qaf, Ayah 16, أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم ولقد خلقنا الإنسان ونعلم ما توسوس به نفسه ونحن أقرب إليه من حبل الوريد Indeed, it is we who created mankind and fully know what their souls whisper to them and we are closer to them than their jugular vein.
So what is jugular vein? That's the vein that's located in our neck. And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying that he is closer even than that. And so technically we're never actually alone. We always have the support of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 24-7. And we always have him to talk to. And the best part is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who can change our lives. He is the one who can give us what we want. And so it's like having access to the best of the best. And so if we have Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we can ask for anything that our heart desires and we can talk to him. And so even when we're feeling lonely, we can ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make that feeling go away, to make it better, to improve it, to make it easy. And so the point is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he loves us so much. He's always there. And because of that, we actually have more of a reason to love ourselves. Because guess what? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created us. He is our creator. And so we are, by definition, his creation, right? So we are the creation of the most great, the most high. And so that brings us to the next step of self-love, which is loving yourself as the creation of the most high, of the most great. So when you start to have negative self-talk, next time you have that, remind yourself who you're speaking to. You're not speaking to just a nobody. You're speaking to the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Honestly, how dare we say such negative things? How dare we say things like, you're not worth it, you're ugly, you're this, you're that. We can't, we shouldn't be saying things like this because we're talking to the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That status is so high. And so self-love, honestly, is a journey and it can be difficult at times. And as humans, because we are wired for connections, we want to be around others and it's completely normal. The problem occurs when we want others to complete us. That's where the problem starts. When we when we can't complete ourselves and we want other people to validate us, that's when the problem comes in. And so when you love yourself and you have filled your own cup, then trust me, you will experience life in a completely different way because you'll no longer need to be around people. You will want to be around them, right? That's the difference is the need versus the want. So you'll no longer need someone to support you. You will want people to support you. And so... The key is not to need any of your emotional needs to be fulfilled by someone other than yourself. This doesn't go for physical needs, okay? I'm not saying as women we should be responsible for physically caring for ourselves 100% in terms of like money, roof over our house, etc. Which in today's age, maybe it's not a bad idea to do, but that's another whole topic. Over here, all I'm talking about is in terms of emotional needs. You should be able to fill your emotional cup to the top by yourself. And then anything above that is what other people support you with, is what your husband supports you with, is your siblings, your parents, your uncles, aunts, friends, family, extended family, all of that. And so now when I show up in my relationships, I have a more giving energy and a more receiving energy. I don't have that desperate needing energy like, oh, please don't leave me. Oh, please, I need you. Like that energy stops as soon as you tell yourself that you don't need anyone except yourself and you always have Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So life becomes so much more freeing and peaceful. And remember, inner peace starts on the inner level. That's why it's called inner peace. It starts with you. So love yourself before anyone else does and love yourself because that is where resilience will come from. You will know that you always have your back. And you know that you love yourself no matter what. And that's all I have for you today. And I really hope that this episode was helpful. And it shed some light on some different ways of thinking. Please, inshallah, if you enjoyed this episode, share it with somebody and give me a review. That'd be awesome. Because I would love to read them. And also, if you want to talk to me directly, you can always DM me on my Instagram. Which is, my username is Mariam Aslam Official. Because I'd love to hear from you. And with that, I'll end the way I always end. Make sure to make dua for someone today that you love. And may Allah grant you all. Afia, barakallahu feekum. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.